Welcome back to the Only Football Fans podcast. Today we're joined by Enoch Shawumni, ex-professional footballer who played for Luton Town, Bristol City, Leeds United, amongst many others. Uh, he also represented the Nigeria international football team and he talks to us through his career as well as the current work he's doing with the Global Soccer Pathways. Hope you enjoy. Right, here we go. We're back, guys. And we've got a special guest with us today. We've got Enoch Shawamni joining us. So, massive thank you, Enoch, uh, coming from across the pond to join us tonight, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming, Enoch. You're welcome, guys. It's, it's afternoon for me, so it's all good. <laughs> what, <laughs> we'll be what going is to the time there out, out of interest? <laughs> 3 p.m., just after 3. Oh, decent. That works out all right, then. <laughs> um, right, well, let, let's get going, mate. Before we sort of get into talking about your career, I want to run through a couple of quick, quick questions just to sort of get to know you a bit better. So, first one is, who was your childhood hero? Um, probably like um, Johnny Barnes, probably early in my childhood. And then as I, as I got to my kind of teenage years, it was kind of like Brazilian Ronaldo. He was just like, yeah. like unbelievable watching him. The like, Ronaldo. Yeah, the Ronaldo, um, the, the original, unbelievable. He, he, he was something that, I thought, he's just like a one in a million, isn't he, that player? He was something else, Ronaldo. Yeah, and you see some like um like you see some of the highlights now, and you just think it's like it's um actually unbelievable to do with the ball. It's crazy like, like how strong he was as well. How strong he was as a player, just like just barging people off the ball, yeah, putting it through the, their legs. Like the feet, the footwork was unbelievable. The, the physical strength as well as the speed of thought was just mm-hmm. something else. Like I mean, you think he went to Barcelona at eighteen, scored like twenty odd goals, uh, different. Yeah. I remember, like later, later on his career, like Real Madrid, he's obviously got a bit of a belly, like a lot of the Brazilians do. And then it's just, and then it's just like, uh, you don't need to be that fit when you're that good. I remember him scoring a hat trick at Old Trafford. Yeah, um, just, I was just about to say that. I'll never kit, ever forget that game. He was yeah. at least two stone overweight. Oh, yeah. and their, record, their record there was a joke. Like no one could beat them. And mm-hmm. he was fat and he's ruined them. <laughs> and Terry, obviously, Terry being a Leeds fan, that must have been like Christmas oh, for him. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, oh, it was the best thing ever. I loved oh, the man. guy anyway, but when he done that, it was like, oh, yeah, that's it. He's secured <laughs> as a legend. Hero. <laughs> he was different class. Um, the next one is, what's your worst habit? Worst habit? Um, probably um, procrastinating. <laughs> like I like I, I sleeping every now and again, you know. I'll take that one. I'm a fan of a nap, mate. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, next one is we touched on this actually before we started recording. What's your favourite food? Favourite food, um, definitely as a cuisine Italian. Obviously, I have to say that because my wife's Italian. <laughs> I'm from Sicily, so she'll chop my balls off if she if I didn't say it. But um, like, like my family is obviously Nigerian, so like um, it's like the the Nigerian food, like the jollof rice and that as well. Is like is is top. Yeah, I'm a fan of that as well. There's a thing. There's a thing in London, or a thing I've seen. Like there's actual. Like, there's like a, a jollof war between like the different places in Africa, 
Can you try and yeah, explain yeah, to me yeah, yeah. what the difference is between Joloff in one place and another? Because I'm generally dumbfounded. I've seen people arguing about it online. They, they proper row, didn't they? Yeah. Try and explain it's just, it's just it. It's just the way it's cooked. It's just the way yeah. it's cooked. And it's like, people have like, you have the little Nigerian flavor, you have the Ghanaian. It's like, it's, yeah. it's the dish is overall the same. It's like uh, getting a lasagna from Italy or getting it from like an Italian um, place that's run by an English guy in, in London, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. so it's just like how it's cooked. And like, um, yeah, but it's like, yeah, there's literally wars. Like, yeah, uh, we don't get along. We do not get along. <laughs> the passion of food, eh? <laughs> yeah. Fair play. Uh, which, which football team do you support or did you support before you, you started playing? Growing so, Sorry, mate, we, we oh, lost you there. there. Growing up, Liverpool. Liverpool, oh, wow. Still oh, Liverpool, yeah. or I see you're rocking your lead shirt, so have you transitioned over? or? <laughs> <laughs> of course, there's always going to be support for Leeds. Um, uh, good results, and obviously they had a great Great back in the Premier League, like Bielsa's at Aston, like with like probably what 75, 80% of that, that squad, like came up from the Championship. Yeah. Unbelievable season in the Premier League. And I think they can go again. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do as well. We, um, well, I chew the boys' ears off all the time about it on our podcast because the guy is just an absolute legend. What he's done with that team is a miracle, really. And um, now we're going to go again, like getting players of a better calibre already. When he improves them, they're going to be some, something else. You look at what he's done with Calvin Phillips. The guy's mm-hmm. now bossing it for England. Do you know what I mean? And he was a mid-table championship player. Yeah. He, had a, he had a great game the other day, I have yeah. to say. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, he was immense. Um, and the last one before... And, we... I, and I, I, played, I played against... Yeah, go on, go on. And I'm saying I played against like the likes of like Luke Ayling and Zoran. It's like um, obviously he's come up like come through all the divisions and stuff, and he's like, absolutely done great in in the Premier League with Leeds and like um, skipper in the team as well. So fair play to him. Yeah, no, Luke Ayling's been immense as well. To be fair, he's another one. He's probably quite unlucky that we're so inundated with really good right backs as well, England, because most other nations he's nicking a, a call up for the Euros the way he performed this year. A hundred percent. He must. He must be looking back in his. <laughs> there must be some Scottish there somewhere, Matty, to get him involved in your boys' team, isn't there? Well, after the right backs performance today, I think <laughs> fucking hell. I might. I might ring him and ask him if you if we can get him on. <laughs> <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. And then the last one before we chat about your career, mate, is Marmite. Love it or hate it. Hate it, disgusting. <laughs> Can't even take the smell. <laughs> we've got a bit of a, we've got a mixed bag on here with with responses. At first, we was every, every player we interviewed was all loving it, and then we've had a few trickled in of the haters. So, yeah, I can't yeah. even take the smell. Really? Wow! <laughs> I love that. The best one was um, Seb Carroll, who used to play for Leeds. We mm. had. Uh, he had never he'd never even heard of it, so we got him to try it, and he videoed his his uh, first time trying marmite, and we've we've got it on our YouTube channel. It was absolutely hilarious, mate. <laughs> his reaction, he didn't know what was going on. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta check, I gotta check that out. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link over afterwards. It's, it is funny, mate. <laughs> um, right, the first first one is obviously you're over in the states now, living living in Florida. How did that come about, and what are you what are you doing over there, mate? So um, just as I kind of, I didn't really, I don't think I've officially retired yet, but just as I kind of stopped playing, um, I met my wife now in London. And then we were just kind of, for the first year or so, we were just kind of flying back and forth. And then we just like, listen, we've got to make a decision, right? It's like, it's either we, we go all in or we just like, we just like call it quick. And it was kind of hot in London, it was December, you know, so I kind of flew to Miami, then I just didn't come back. <laughs> so that's how... <laughs> That's how, kind of ended up in United. <laughs> That's and then um overall just been like um had had a couple of years of kind of enjoying my life, uh, enjoying retirement, enjoying not playing and busting my body, um, like in pre seasons and stuff like that. And then afterwards it's like, damn, you know what, maybe I need to work now. So um got a program actually with Leeds United. I was being I was telling uh, Matt the other um earlier. So we have like a college program with, which is called the Carnegie International Soccer Academy, which is linked with Leeds Beckett University and Leeds United FC. So we get college students to come over, get high level training, plus the education as well. So there's a lot of American kids are going to be seeing floating around Leeds um, pretty soon. That's brilliant, mate. See, that, that's stuff you don't really, even really hit, would hear about over here. They, they keep that sort of stuff under wraps, don't they? But that's... Um... Yeah, that's exciting to know because it's a it's a big market, it's a growing market as well. I think yeah, in, the, in America as well, the the football is on the up and up and up. I think progressively as a nation, they're getting a lot better, producing a lot top, uh, more top quality players like you know Pulisic, Reyna, to name a couple. They're they're going in the right direction, especially with the access they have to mm. training and facilities where you are. Facilities is, is insane in America. It's yeah. like I've seen high schools better better than pro clubs. I've been at it's like insane. And but the, their whole thing in America is like to go college is the route to go pro in all sports. Oh uh, yeah. So it's like um and then I saw kind of like in in the US they had like the actual soccer seasons only three months. So I like we kind of like um came back to to Leeds and Leeds Becky University and said listen like I think you're kind of missing a trick here. Um, they 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 like to pay for soccer because it's kind of an elite sport in America, and then it's like um, let's bring them over, get them full training, and then who knows who knows their path after that, right? It's like can they go back? Um, can they get a contract in the MLS or the USL out out back in America after the degree? That's yeah, it's amazing, cool. isn't it? That we, we actually touching on the facilities. One of one of our pals is a strength and conditioning coach with footballers and, and professional boxers, and. He, uh, we recently had him on. He was out in the States training Billy Joe Saunders for his fight mm-hmm. against Canelo. And um, he said when like when they were based out in the States for two or three months or whatever it was, just up the road, there was a just like a low-level kids football sort of uh, pitches and whatever and a bit of a setup. He said they used to go and they couldn't believe the facilities. He said they had like, like a, a couple of 3G pitches, mm-hmm. 4G pitches, like perfectly cut grass pitches, like a stand, everything. You see, it was better than most clubs over here. And it's like, no, we have it. Yeah, we have it. We have it here where I'm, where I'm at now in Naples, Florida. It's like the, the county just, just spent like 50 million on a whole new complex. There's going to be at 10 soccer fields. There's a stadium that can host up to 5,000 people, scoreboard and everything. And it's like youth or amateur soccer playing there. Wow. 
You can even only semi, succeed even in semi-pro clubs here. They don't have that. Even when you look no. at, even just for using Sutton United as an example, they just got promoted to the Football League, but they're probably going to have to leave Gander Green Lane because the facilities aren't up to standard. And I don't know if you've ever been to Sutton United or ever played there, but it's quite average, wouldn't you say, for like a uh, like a non-league club that's now become a league club. So. Yeah, well, did you hear stuff like that? It's crazy. Did you hear about Whiteleaf today? No. So Whiteleaf, <coughs> excuse me. Another they, semi-pro. Yeah. Another semi-pro club. They've had to pull out of the leagues because, because the, the ground's not up to st- standard. No, no. Someone bought the ground. Some like property oh. developer, and it's basically gone. Ah, oh, well, we're just going to make make this something else, and they're homeless. So they've got no pitch. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Unbelievable. They've been there something, I think, 60 or 70 years. I was just about to say, it's not like they've been That's there five insane. minutes. It's not like an actual history there. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, Money talks, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, that, and that's the difference, I suppose, with yeah. how it is here, really, isn't it? It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and, and, and out here in the US, you'll see like clubs just pop up, pop up out of nowhere, and then in two years, they're gone. Like, like the whole Miami and Florida, it's like they'll they be pro clubs. Um, they'll be in the US, so they'll be there a couple of years and then all of a sudden they, they, they don't exist anymore. It's insane. It's crazy, isn't it? It's such a strange difference. Like... I suppose having to find a model that's sustainable and something mm-hmm. that's actually profitable where mm. a property developer could come along, look at it and think, if I build flats on this or a hotel, I'm going to make an absolute fortune, especially mm-hmm. out there with the, the surroundings, the scenery, the way of life. It's just an instant moneymaker, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah. Um, so I see you started your career a bit late in the professional game. Was it 21 you joined Luton? Um, 21. So I hear through the grapevine that your dad basically said you've got to go through education first. And uh, he was proven right when you basically told him that that ain't how it works here. You've got to get into football earlier. But uh, he was yeah. proven right, mate. You, you was the lucky one, I, I take it. Get your education and then into footy. Yeah, but I, I was I was never at a professional club in my youth at all. So it's not like I had choices. Like um, it's not like I was, I was saying, well, here, West Ham offered me contracts. I didn't have real like real choices in that. So obviously he was right, but all pro club and, and train even at um, even at that age group. I remember 18. I went to Luton Town. I think Ricky Hill was the gaffer. And I knew Ricky Hill because I was playing at um, Wills and Constantine and he was like an ambassador for the club. And Wills and Constantine in London is like 11th tier Middlesex County League. Like you're putting up the nets, you're putting <laughs> up the goals, all that kind of stuff. You're paying the referee on subs, all that kind of stuff. And um, so he invited me over. I, I had already applied for university. So after a couple of weeks, I was like to them, listen, I can't do both. Um, can you like, let me know my situation? And they were like... Um, Go check out. I went, so I just went to university. I was like, okay, they don't want me. Let me go to university. And then three years down, I'm like, um, come back, new gas for Mike, new to gas for. Have a game against them in preseason. Just a week after I graduated, had a game against them. I'm playing centre midfield, and um, the guys are like, um, come back, um, come back, and um, come on, on trial after the game. And I was like, I played terrible in this game. <laughs> Like I, I literally was kicking the board saying, like, I literally, I, I played so bad. And, uh, but the, my agent was just like, no, they want, you to, they want you to come on trial. You're the only player they asked to come back um, out, of the, out of, like, 16 or 17 players that was in that game. 
And then um, so I come come into training, and then there was like, um, listen, you're an athlete. You got back and forth from midfield, box to box, quickly. Um, and then they converted me into a striker. And then, like, and then I literally had to learn how to play striker as a pro. Oh and then I made my, I think I made my debut. So I joined them in July 2003. I made my debut in September, Plymouth away, League One, and um, I got dragged after 40 minutes because it was like too quick for me. And then I was like, like, ah. Oh, uh, this is this is not. From London to Luton on forty pound a week expenses, and then um, I'm playing in the first team, travelling up and down the country. Because they was in administration, weren't they? When when they yeah, signed yeah, you, yeah. so yeah. What, was they only covering your expenses then? Yeah, first first like six weeks, they were like, nope, it's your opportunity, take it or leave it. And then afterwards, it was like, um, yeah, like, you know, we're going to cover you. We're going to cover your train fare from London to Luton. And like, so my dad used to be an engineer on the, on the, on the railways. So I used to get a cheaper ticket. So I was like, I was like, um, nah, it's like, I'm going to get like four pounds a day. Like, this is like, it's not even worth it. So I used to, <laughs> I used to dot an eight out of the four in the, in the, on the ticket, scrunch it up and say, that's how much I'm paying every day. So I got double, I got double the money. Smart so, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love like that. The entrepreneur in you, mate. <laughs> yeah. That's superb. Um, and then I, I see, I was looking through sort of like the goals and that you got in, in your first year. You ended up bagging a hat-trick against, against Brentford um, in, in February of 04. Is that what sort of spurred them to get you on a contract then? Yeah, so I think um, I think there was a few suspensions and a few injuries at the time in February. And then I, I remember scoring my first league goal and then I kind of just took off from there. And then the next game, I got I got Emma. We've lost you, I think, Enoch. I don't know what's... And a trophy for man of the match. And I'm walking back to the station with my mates, like with my, like with my, with my boot bag and a bottle of champagne and a, and a trophy. <laughs> Literally just walking back to the station. So like fans used to holler me saying, come to the... Come to the pub with us. I used to go to the pub and have a drink with the fans after oh, a game. And then, did, um, did you? Yeah, I used to go. I used to go have a drink with the fans after the game. Oh, like, uh, and then I, I, afterwards, I have a drink with them. Then we used to just walk back to the station, jump on train, I go home. And then the hat trick was like after that. And then the oh, this stream is boring. Oh man, we're having we're having a bit of trouble with your connection to my house to interview me all of, all of that kind of stuff and then... oh. oh yeah yeah, yeah so, sorry, freezing it, it's sort of it's, it's okay for like a minute or so and then it just freezes up and we we don't get any sound is that is that what's happening to you matty yeah i'm hearing the same thing yeah um, all right, pause it um and then yeah. i'm gonna I'm, I'm just gonna go to another area and see if the wi-fi is better okay, okay. mate Cool. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Right. Hmm. This this looks a bit better, you know, because when you were talking before, your your screen was freezing. We could still hear you for a bit, but it would cut out and cut back in. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, this, this looks is, better. I'm, I'm in I'm in the house rather than the office. Yeah, it does it does actually it's it's a bit smoother now. Perfect. Um, nice. I want to go back to your story about in the pub with the fans. I was I was getting on that. Right, yeah. So we'll, we'll join you again there, mate. So we were saying that, like, back with going for a drink with the fans after the game, because obviously you had a bit of a connection problem there, but we're back now. So if, yeah. you, if you pick us up from there, mate. Yeah. 
yeah, so they, they used to like see me obviously walk into the station and they used to holler me on the streets and be like, Enoch, like, have a drink with us, come have a drink with us. Yeah. And they obviously, they were like, they were also explaining to me like, uh, yeah, we've got some guys from the firm coming out of, coming out of prison, they're going to be back, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, shit, who am I, who am I having a drink with? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, these, oh. these guys, like, they were, they were, they were like, they were ledged. They, they really boosted me at the time. So like, um, so I did, like, obviously I'm on, on expenses at the time. And it was just like, um, for me, it was just like, I was just a normal guy just wanting to play football. And these guys were just hollering me and like recognizing me on the train. I used to get like people recognizing me on the train. Um, I remember like a little uh, Luton fan was like, oh, are you Enoch? Are you Enoch? And I was like, no, he's way bigger than me. And like just stuff like that. And I'll see, I'll see them in the stands, like um, supporting the club in games. And it's like, you remember me? You remember me on the train? And stuff like that. So, That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you must have had like a instant connection with the fans after that, like going for a drink with them and all that. That's quite unusual yeah. for that to happen. I mean, it's a fair play. It's the sort of thing I would do, to be honest. But it must yeah, have been no, unusual for them. Yeah, I think I think like positive. I think I didn't really grow up in professional football, so I never yeah. had that whole stardom type thing. And I was like, yeah. still after not forty pound a week expenses. So it was like for me, it was just like there. I was one of them. Like with, I'm just trying to make it. You're you're a fan in the stadium. I'm just trying to make it as a pro. I hope they. I hope they paid for your drinks, mate. I hope you weren't shelling out. Yeah. <laughs> nah, they yeah they paid for the drinks. <laughs> they all knew the story. It was funny because like um, even before I did anything at Luton, there was this whole thing called Enoch's Army, um, a little website like like kind of like tongue in cheek, take the piss type thing. Um, and yeah, so they they built this whole thing. I remember one of the guys he was like because um, the day I scored my first league goal. I missed an easier chance early in the early in the game. Like literally, I was two yards out. I just wanted to smash it to uh, like announce myself. I think the ball went backwards, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, um, he was like on the website. He's like, oh, he ripped up the ticket, but he showed he he like taped it back together after I scored the winner in the game. So like it, it was <laughs> the stuff like that that was happening. And I was like, for me, it was all surreal. But I was like, kind of my start, my start to being a pro. And then like um, from then, it just kind of skyrocketed I scored a hat-trick and then um uh, yeah like Sky Sports came to my house um to interview me in London um then I was like uh, in all the national newspapers like saying oh, I'm paying playing for expenses and I was like I just want to have a I just want to like give it a go see where it takes yeah. me and then and then that's where they that's when they signed me on, the, on my pro contract after the hat-trick so great I love story. that you don't you don't hear enough stories of that especially nowadays then then kind of like rags to riches type stories with football. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's brilliant. The, the days of that are gone in the modern game because yeah. if you're if you're uh, much different to your path, if kids are getting picked up at like seven, eight, nine, our media are sniffing that out in like twenty minutes if he's a one, yeah, yeah. whatever the story mm -hmm. is. But yeah, the fact that you started, which was late in your career, and you managed to get where you got to, is a great story. Yeah, and now there's like obviously it was just before social media. Yeah. And now, like, um, now they would just be like everything just be on social media. Like before, like I even got a chance to even play. Like literally. Yeah. You'd you'd have been out of contract as soon as you went for a beer nowadays, would you? <laughs> yeah, you would have. 100%. Probably. Yeah. Do that now. No job. No. Hundred percent. Gaffer would have found out like twenty minutes later. As soon as you were in the pub, someone would have grasped you up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All over Twitter. <laughs> um, and then so that season. Uh, you ended up finishing 10th in the league and then getting called up for Nigerian national team that early on. What was yeah, that like? Was, How did that come about? 
Um, that was insane. I think I must have done an interview somewhere where I said, like, um, like if I ever play international football, I play for Nigeria, like the, the country of my parents' birth. And um, and yeah, that summer, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know who made some phone calls on my behalf, but like um, they called me up and they was like, because they were they were playing in London, and so like I go thinking I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna play at all, so I didn't even bring shin pads or nothing. I just came with my boots, jumped on a train again across London. Um, then I see that other Femi Martins walking through the door. I see Olive Njana, who was at Wolves at the time, walking through the door. John Utaka, who was at Portsmouth, walking through the door. And the Carnus and the Okochas. And it's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I mean, I mean Oko- Okocha, oh. he, is, he was a joke. I'll never forget yeah. what he did to Ray Parler. Oh, mate, Ray Parler. <laughs> over his head. I, I think I rewound it about 40 times just to realise, like, how is that possible in a Premier League game? Like, he took the oh, yeah. piss out of a seasoned pro. Like, he took the piss mm-hmm. out of him, like, unbelievable. He was phenomenal, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just he just didn't play for the the top top teams. Um, I don't know how that, though. I don't know how yeah, he didn't. Yeah. And he was just like um, he was at he was at PSG with Ronaldinho, so I just them in the same team. Arteta played for them then as well, didn't he? I think Mikel Arteta. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 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 Imagine like, how good um, that must have been watching them two play together. Yeah, it must have been it must have been a lot of fun, a lot oh, of fun. <laughs> incredible. That, what what were they like, sort of? Towards you as well, because obviously they were they were big stars. Were, were they They're, quite welcoming and? Yeah, they were they were all cool. Like um, Akocha and Kanu didn't play, so they um, they kind of just flew to Nigeria after a day or so, and they went for the for the World Cup qualifiers. So they just flew to Nigeria, so they didn't play. But the other guys, Abafemi Martins was making his debut, like the most humble guy. They were like, "Oh, you should have told us we would have picked you up um, from the airport because he just jumped in a taxi." And I was like, hold on a minute. No one offered me a taxi. I was like, I jumped on a train myself <laughs> like, to get here. But like, it was cool. And um, but yeah, they, they were they were all welcoming. They were, it was like cool. It was like a it was like a just a fun atmosphere. And me being so naive about like football at the time is like I didn't even know you get paid for international football. I thought it was just for pride. Yeah. And then the, our first meeting was just like um, talking about money. I was like, oh shit, am I going to get paid here? Like uh, so, it was like so. It was like I was I was shocked that it actually um, international football you actually get paid as well. And like, was, I didn't know like they got paid, especially back yeah, then. I know do, they yeah, do yeah. now, but I didn't I didn't think back then they did. Yeah, and it was like um, it was like two friendlies against Ireland and Jamaica as well. So it was just like um, I was like, oh wow, and then it's like there's a big discussion about um, about the funds and how much is going to be shared. Blah blah blah. And it said, go to the secretary's room and he's going to pay you. So I'm thinking he's going to hand me a check. Man just had like hundred dollar bills in a bag, and it's just like, there you go. <laughs> so I was just that like, is quality. I was like, I was like, what is happening right now? I was like, okay, but this is tax free, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no money in the account, just that's it. that explains all the international friendlies, though, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It that's does. Hundred percent. Oh mate, that's brilliant. Um, and then the following year with Luton went up as champions under under Mike Newell. Was Steve Howard playing up front with you then as well? Yeah, Steve Howard was um, was was Mike Newell's like um, he, he loved him absolutely loved him. Well, he was he was a great striker. I learned I learned a lot from him because obviously I'm like six five. I grew up playing five a side football in London, uh, mainly five a side, and then obviously the occasional eleven a side playing centre midfield. They converted me to a striker, and I'm like, but I don't head the ball. I'm six five, but I played all five a side football. Allowed above high. waist height. <laughs> I, don't, I don't head the ball. Like, You're kicking like, it off, not, the, off the board. 
Exactly. It's like, this is not my game. I was like, let's do one, two, let's do some tricks. I grew up just playing street football. So I learned how to use my feet a lot. And so um, obviously Mike knew loved Steve Howard, like loved him. He, pretty much he said he's like the closest thing to Alan Shearer outside the Premier League at the time. Wow. So um, that's how highly he rated Steve Howard. And obviously Steve Howard went on to play in the Premier League and stuff like that. But um, so yeah, I just, had, I just at the time, I was just like, okay, I'm not playing. So let me just look at this guy. He wants him, he plays him every week if he's fit or coming back from suspension, he plays. So let me just kind of look at him and see if I can add elements of what he can to my game. And that's where it's like, as, as, my, as my career went on, I actually be, just literally became a target man at the end of, by the end of my career when it's like, that was never my game in the beginning. Mm. It's, it's weird that, because I only really remember you as a centre forward. So when I've done, done a bit of research and I see you, you, you as a central midfielder and you also played in defence as well, mm -hmm. I was like quite surprised because I don't actually remember you ever playing there. Like it was... It was just yeah. No, by the time by the time I got to Leeds, it was like um, I was more settled as a as a striker. So when I was like when I was at Luton and Bristol City, I kind of played in every single position of the forward positions. I played left wing back, uh, left mid left midfield, right midfield, centre midfield. I played twelve I think twelve games in the Championship centre midfield for Luton. That's crazy, um, man. You're yeah, original. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't played in goal. But the crazy thing is, right, so I, I'm at Luton in my, in my third season and obviously we got promoted the season before and like, um, so the gap is like, um, obviously he, he brought in a couple of players. We had Steve Howard that was still playing, doing well. Um, so I'm playing Resi games and I'm just, just getting used to like playing as a striker. So I've, I've scored like 17 goals in about 11 Resi games. And then like, he's like, the manager comes up to me, he's like, oh, you worked hard, you've done well, this is your chance. I was like, cool, we're playing Wolves away, championship, Huddleston and Port in, in the centre midfield. And he's like, you're playing centre mid. I'm like, but I just spent the whole last two years learning how to play striker. And now you're putting me back in centre midfield, which is my original position. And, um, but yeah, he goes, well, don't worry, Paul Lynch, he's 38, he can't run anymore, blah, blah, blah. This guy was just up and down. We were just like chasing each other the whole game, like me and Paul Lynch. It was like, it was just insane. And then, but yeah, it's like kind of 12, I think it was 12 games I played centre mid for Luton in the championship. Wow. Mental, wasn't it? What, what was your favourite position to play while we were on that? If you had um, Yeah. Probably, probably centre mid. I was more like, yeah. um, like, like growing up playing, obviously I started at the back because I was the biggest. And then I used to give like my one, like one of my school teachers a heart attack. I used to do tricks and make people in, in the edge of my box because I found centre back boring because it was just like I was quicker than most, most players and kind of stronger than most players at my age group. So I found it kind of boring. So I used to do crazy things in my own, in my own area. So he's like, no, you're going to move to, you're going to move to centre midfield and just get on the board and, and do your things further up the field. And so like, I, I always preferred playing centre mid, but it's always about like assisting rather than scoring. So I never really like, I, even though I played striker, I never really had a striker's instinct like um, at all. It was, it was never embedded in me from, from young. So, um, so yeah, so this, that was probably my, my, mo my favourite position was kind of playing in midfield. Yeah, that's quality. Um, and then, like you said, ended up getting promoted up to the championship. You finished 10th solid in the championship first season up there then you end up moving on to Bristol City um, you finished second top scorer despite not being a regular starter in your first season there um, who was sort of was, was Lee Trundle there at that time as well at Bristol City no he came he came my second year there oh did he come then yeah because yeah, I, I was trying to figure out who, who would have been sort of the starting strikers at, at, at Bristol City so, 
I started that season, I kind of started every time I was fit. Um, I think it was probably in my first year as a pro that I played in most games that I was fit. And I think my it just took a toll on my body. So I just used to pick up little small injuries, be out for a couple of weeks, come in, play another five games, be out for a couple of weeks and stuff like that. So I think like that that first season at Bristol, I, I played quite quite a few games. Um so yeah, it was just like my body getting used to like literally playing him. And that's one of the reasons I left Luton because Luton offered me a new contract. And I just said, um, you know what, um, I'm on the bench all the time. You don't play me like um and then every time so every time Steve Howard was injured or another striker was injured, he would like especially the second season as a pro, he um he would play me, um, I would score, and then he would drop me to the bench as soon as they were back. And I was like, So you don't like um you don't have the you don't have the trust um in me or you just have that's your favourite and I can't break that. Yeah, so I actually left Luton. I actually left Luton. I went to Bristol at, and thought, okay. I spoke to the manager beforehand. And I said to it was Gary Johnson. I was like, listen, this is this is me. This is what I want to do. Um, want to play. Um, just want a fair crack at the whip. Like not like um, like favorite favorites or anything like that. And I played when I played every time I was fit, and I ended up being second top goal scorer. And I had a lot of assists that year. And that year, obviously, we got promoted as well. Yeah. I I see. Then it was. Because you you ended up coming on and, and moving to Leeds United, but before that happened, you end, you was in discussions with Leeds in January of 08, uh, mm-hmm. and the move got quite close. Mm-hmm. Well, why it, did why did it not it happen? Wasn't, then? It wasn't close. It was um, so basically. I played a game for Bristol. Was, I played a game for Bristol City on a Saturday, Crystal Palace away, and we lose two nil. Mm-hmm. On the Wednesday, I'm in my house in Bristol and I'm thinking, oh, I need to paint, I need to do some stuff to the house, like, let me change this because I think I may be here for a long time. I get a call from the club, not the manager, I get a call from the club, the secretary saying, you are not part of the plans anymore, you should go. And I was like, hold on a minute, I played three days ago. I actually started, not like I was on the bench, I started three days ago. And then, um, so I get, so then all these things start happening and I, and like Leeds United are calling me and then it's like, um, and I was like, you know what, this is my second hit at the championship. I really want to stay in the championship. Leeds is in League One. Um, this is my second hit in the championship. I actually started, I actually started playing, I came back from injury and I started playing well. So I scored a couple of goals for Bristol. And then all of a sudden they just like, January came and it's like, you're not part of the plans. So the next day I go into train. I think Dennis Wise was, was a guest for at Leeds at the time, right? And so um, he calls me and I said, listen, Dennis, like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered. Like, Leeds is a huge club, but I really want to stay in the championship right now. Um, I'm, I'm six months, like, out of contract. Let me just see where, where the championship takes me. So I go into training the next day. I switch my phone off because everyone's blowing up my phone. I go into training the next day. You know, Gaffer comes up to me, goes, you're going up north. And I was like, no, I'm going to stay and fight for my place. He's like, you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and then, and then he's like, um, and then he's like, go train with the youth team. So I was like, damn, this guy, this this is like, okay, so this is this is how it is. All right, cool. And so, um, so you so sorry, every- to, sorry to cut in there. You've gone from mm-hmm. starting three days prior, and then mm-hmm. they're telling you to train with the youth team. Did they with not? The did they not give you any reason about this? There was, no, there was no re- there was no reason. There, I don't there, get that. There's that's there's zero zero reasons. Um, oh. but this seems to be quite a common theme in football from the fellas that we've had on one minute 100%. you play with a month and next minute you're nothing out, out the door and usually it's like if there's a change of manager okay but it wasn't even a change of manager it was no, like it was the it was, same setup like, yeah. so same weird, setup. Isn't it? 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. You're, you're, you must have been thinking like, what is going on here? This is poor. Yeah, and so and, and and then everyone in the club is like saying, listen, you know, don't bite off your nose despite your face. Leeds is a huge club, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, it's cool. Two days later, Dennis Wise goes to Newcastle as technical director. Two days after he calls me, he must have known that was in the works. So it, it didn't even make sense to me. So after, the, after they find out Dennis Wise actually leaves as manager of, of Leeds to go to Newcastle... You're thinking you're players... going up to Newcastle. All the players was like, um, oh, you must be blessed because like, you, you made the right decision. And then so I'm going to Gary Johnson, listen, like, um, I'm not going to go leave one right now. If you want me to leave, I'll go to another championship club, even on loan to the end of the season or whatever. And he's like, no, 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 you can go league one. You're not going to go to our rivals. Then I end up, towards the end of, towards the, end of the month, I end up going Sheffield Wednesday. And these times, like, um, Gary Johnson was saying to me, you will never play for Bristol City again. I was like, all right, cool. So um, still, no, still no explanation? He's just still no explanation. No, just bend me off. Like, there's no explanation. Obviously, oh, okay. like, when you look at it, he's like, okay, he wants to bring in another striker. Maybe there's, like, money issues, all that kind of stuff. So the chairman might say to him, you have to get rid of one player if you want to bring in why, another why player. Why can't they just be honest with you and say, this is how Manag- you look like, you know? Managers don't, managers don't do that. It's like, it's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, that's it's a thing that managers that they, they don't do that. It's, they're it's hiding cool. behind the real scenario. That's, they've obviously been told to get rid of you to create finances or to create space or something. Yeah, but they can get rid of. Obviously, they can look at any player to get rid of. But obviously, yeah. they want another. If they wanted another striker, um, then it's like okay, striker for striker type thing. But it's like I'm, I always said to managers, just be honest. I'm a man. You're a man. I'm cool. I can handle it. Um, it's it's fine. It's like in the sport, like just coming into pro sports, you see it. Even before social media, you see it. Like every single week, you are being you are being criticised for your performances or you're being praised. So it's like, okay, it's like, it's for, I've been doing this for three, four years now. And it's like, okay, I'm used to this now. It's like, I play well, I get praised. I don't play well, I get criticised. I get it. It's the cycle. It's not really, it doesn't really affect me um, so much. I'm pretty level-headed either way. If I win and I score, I'm calm. If I lose and I don't score and I don't play well, I'm still kind of pretty much in the middle. But you get some guys who are just like over-emotional when they do well and over-emotional when they do poorly. But I was kind of like centred. Um, just normal and, yeah. and it's just like, for me it was just a, it was just a ride was, for me I was just on a ride <laughs> that I came into the game at 21 played for Nigeria in like under a year of playing a pro and then like um, and now I'm just like got promoted again back in the Champions I was just on a ride for like the first three four years of my career so nothing really affected me in terms of like playing it's just I'm just going to enjoy it if I play well um, it does I'm going to obviously try to do my best every game run my like just run um, as much as I can work hard for the team and then see what happens with the rest of the, like with with um, with my career and all that kind of stuff. And then um, so I go to I end up going Sheffield Wednesday on loan. First three home games I get MOM, but I don't score. So fans, I think they're bottom of, towards the bottom of the table. Fans are getting getting a bit antsy. Um, they're saying, "Oh, like he can't play because he didn't score no goals." But even though I was voted man in the match for like uh, for for a couple of the home games, so then after five games at Sheffield Wednesday, the the gaffer drops me to the bench. And so he, uh, so the next five games, I just, I just kind of come off the bench for like 10 minutes and stuff like that. So I just said, um, they wanted to renew it. And I said, no, I'm going back to Bristol. Um, I'm just going to like sit out the season and see my options in the summer. Now, Bristol were close to the playoffs, right? Um, at the time, I go back to Bristol and I score five in two resi games. And then the, the assistant manager calls me, goes, oh yeah, so um, we're thinking of putting you back on the bench <laughs> for the last couple of games of the season after they said they'll never play me again. 
um, in January. And then the wow. last two games, of, last two games of the season, I come off the bench, I play 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is. And then for the playoffs, the semis and the final, I got pied off again. Like, and then obviously I they lost. I my head it. in my hands for you. I just can't <laughs> yeah. The game's so mad, crazy. isn't it? Yeah, so it's like, it's mad because it's like, like fans don't see it. So fans, like, football's like oh, the emotion of like that. Yeah. And then it's like, you're dealing with all this stuff and then it's like, um, on, in the background and then it's just like, um, now you're, now I speak about it obviously years later. It's like, it's funny to me because most of it is just stupid. It's like, it's yeah, just like, it's like it's, some of it is just like, even charges. I had, I had managers not speak to me for three weeks and stuff like this because I got injured and I just do stupid shit like that. And I'm like, but you're a kid. Like, I can't, like... I can't, I can't deal, I can't deal with like a, like I'm not dealing with a five year old. You're actually my manager. You can affect my career, and you're acting like a baby. It doesn't make no this, sense. Your your story, what I'm listening to. I listened to another podcast about Sean Davis. You know, he used to play mm-hmm. centre midfield for Fulham, mm-hmm. and he was saying how Martin Yole just weren't having him one bit to the point where he would still call him to go training, make him think that he was playing for the first team, and then send him away with the 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 youth team. And there was this one day, because he's from Battersea, I'm from a place called Roehampton, which ain't far from Battersea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's like kind of localish. And it was his birthday. He had no intention of picking him, made him travel, didn't even get off the bench. So when he, after the game, he went into the hotel bar and he got caught drinking by Yol and he never played for Spurs ever again. Or something along, Amazing, something yeah. along them lines. It he literally made his life hell. He hated him. It's mm-hmm. We we spoke to to your mate Leon Constantine mm-hmm. a couple of, well about a month ago, and the amount of occasions where this sort of thing happened to him as well is just it was just ridiculous. And yeah, it, like like Maggie said, the amount of footballers we've spoken to is and it's a common occurrence. Mm-hmm. This sort of stuff happens, and they're they're sort of sitting there thinking, what have I done here to 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 warrant this? Like it's. But you can see if someone's not as level-headed as you, Enoch, you can you take the Joey Bartons of this world oh. and whatever people that mm-hmm. are going to speak their mind, probably him, probably Terry as well. <laughs> I mean, you imagine like they when they say one thing, they get painted out in the media to be this monster. When the mm-hmm. truth is, they probably just want to be told the truth like you. But now you're level-headed enough to keep it on the flat on the flat. No, I, I think it's different though. I think like. Obviously, they're Premier League players, so it's like yeah. um, they're they're on they're on like they're silly on money. silly money, yeah. silly money. So it's like these managers in like League One, cha- like lower Championship, they're affecting your livelihood. Yeah, they go course. and they, they talk to other managers and they say he's a bad egg, he's got yeah, a bad yeah, attitude, yeah. and then you don't get signed, you don't get signed somewhere else. So it's like it's it's just a different ballgame. Remember, like Tevez at Man City, yeah, he left for six months. Yeah, yeah. You're, play, you're playing league well football. You can't leave for six months, no. like and not get and not get paid. <laughs> He's saying go for Argentina for six months, like because Pep or who was it? I can't even remember the manager, but he's like um, he spoke to him badly. Was it Mancini? Like, <laughs> was it Mancini? It may, it may yeah. have been Mancini. Yeah, well, Yaya as well, didn't he? When they didn't get him a birthday cake, and he just went. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember seeing that. <laughs> he kicked right off about that, didn't he? he got the right off. It's, it's just different. It's just it's just a different ball game. Yeah. He was, in fairness to Yaya, he, he was on about 220 grand a week or something like that. So I don't think he was that stinging him, to be fair. Nah, not at all. <laughs> he, he really wanted that mantra, like them, that Morrison cake or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, Calling the caterpillar cake he wanted. He? <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fan of it. It's just... <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Um, oh. 
And then, so so you went back, you, you sat it out then till, till the end of the year at, at Bristol. Um, and then what happened when the season ended then? How did how did the move come about? So, so the second game I was at Sheffield Wednesday was against Bristol City, so I couldn't play. So the gaffer at Sheffield Wednesday was like, um, you can play a resi game on the Tuesday or you could just take the week off. And I was like, you know what, let me just keep ticking over. I'll play the resi game. The resi game's against Leeds United, new manager in Gary McAllister um, at the time. And then it's like, so I play in that resi game when I score two goals. So I get word um, that um, they were like, okay, if, if no one cares about this kid and he plays like that in a resi game for his lone team, Imagine if you cared about him. And that's why I signed for Leeds that summer again. And so they mm-hmm. came in for me again, again and I signed for Leeds in that summer. So, um, so yeah, so it was just like, like, I always tell players as well, just like even young players, I say, listen, you're self-employed. You don't know who's watching you. You don't know, like, just have a good attitude because it's like, it's your career at the end of the day. If you do things for yourself, you don't do things for the managers. Yeah. So, like, for me, it was just like, I went to play against Leeds. I scored two goals in that resi game and then, Again, that interest kind of carried on, and I signed for Leeds that summer. That shows your that shows your attitude and your willingness as a player, because you could have quite easily been that off, and Leeds would have never happened if you didn't play mm-hmm. in that resi game. So fair yeah. play to you. Imagine, like I know the world's full of what ifs, but imagine if you didn't play that day. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and just I would just have been out of contract, and I'd have yeah. like probably Sound never had the sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. F- football really is full of them sliding doors yeah. moments, isn't it? it? Is. It is. It's crazy. It's like, it is insane. I tell players, like, listen, you are self-employed. You may get a paycheck from someone else or a company, but you're self-employed. It's like what you put in, you get out. So yeah. for me, it was just like, and then obviously dealing, but dealing with, like, I get it for some players, be like dealing with like managers that, that's treating you that way is is difficult for certain players. So they can, they, it can go, it can go left. And for a lot of players that drop out the game early, um, it happens that, they can't deal with they can't deal with being treated like that, being in and out of the team, managers not honest with them, then they start feeling actually maybe I'm a bad player, rather than well maybe no, maybe just this manager doesn't like you, but there's a hundred other managers that that do like you. And then yeah. um and that's the attitude I had. I said like, well, I came in the game how I came in, having thought I played bad in the game. So I thought I don't even know what managers want from players no more. Because I thought, obviously, as a as a kid growing up, you just think, okay, you do you do a couple of tricks, you put in the top corner, you goes past people, all that kind of stuff, and it's like this is what um, managers look for. And then, like um, as a as a pro, it's like then you just see the the whole the whole different ballgame of what managers and what scouts and and coaches are actually looking for in players. It's, it's a whole different ballgame to what you think as a kid. The thing that's even more impressive is that you had to change positions at such a rate. It's one thing being a centre midfielder in the programme and then when they're going to, all right, mate, now you've got to go up front. It's not even remotely the same, especially with the level of quality of defender that you've got to be up mm-hmm. against. That's, that's even a whole new skill that you've had to learn in order to succeed. That's yeah. One of, the, one of the good things, I think, for me was like, um, like I didn't know anything about League One football. Uh, yeah. when I first came into the game so it's like if I was coming up against like the Martin Keowns and <laughs> and these kind of guys I may have been like a bit apprehensive but it's like I don't even know you so it, it was cool it was cool for me it's like, I had to learn psychologically it helped yeah, yeah it helped it helped playing. so much yeah it just felt like I was playing against like um, just players that obviously wasn't on TV wasn't in the papers wasn't really pro yeah but um, I just didn't know who they were yeah. so um, I had to learn obviously as I got on is that like, actually well this guy's 
like came from Chelsea's youth academy and now he's obviously playing in League One football for this and this uh, so-and-so team and he's had like an unbelievable career and this guy's had an unbelievable career. I was like, cool. Um, and then it's like, so as I got on, then it's like, okay, now you know the players that you're up against every single week. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that obviously can help, can't it? Um, we, we spoke to a few of your uh, ex-teammates at Leeds we've had on the podcast. We've, we've had Leon Constantine, Seb Carroll and Jonathan Douglas as well. Um, mm. And I just wanted to sort of, because I'm a Leeds United fan and I love hearing good things about the club anyway, but what was it sort of like signing for the club? Did you realise the, the stature of it straight away? Because from speaking to all of them, like when Leon um, told us he went on a pre-season to Ireland and he said pretty much the three, three stands of, of this stadium in Ireland were all Leeds fans. And he was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? And the whole airport was just packed for the Leeds fans waiting for you to arrive and this sort of, like, this sort of stuff. Like, did you sort of notice a complete difference with the following and the, the stature of the club as soon as you, you got there? Yeah, 100%. You, you just see it. And it's obviously like, um, you look at every city um, usually has like two teams, right? At least, like two big teams. And Leeds is like only team in that city. And it's just like, it's the, the stature of the club, the fan base. I remember just coming to coming to games. I had to get to games like half an hour early because it was like, there'll be 200, 250 fans waiting for autographs two hours before the game. And I was like, like, what's happening right now? Like, this, this doesn't make sense. And like, it just, they, and they just take you in. Like, I think regardless of your ability, regardless of what you do, um, even on the field, the Leeds fans just take you in as part of the family. And it's like, um, even now to this day, it's like, I still get, out of all the clubs I play for, Leeds fans, like, and I didn't do that much at Leeds, but Leeds fans, like, uh, reach out to me the most um, out of all the, all the teams I played for. Obviously, cause, maybe because of that stupid song, but... <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard about this song, you know, but I don't know about it yet. <laughs> oh, mate, brilliant. You've got to sing that at the end, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> No pressure or nothing, but yeah. Oh mate, I love that. <laughs> I had to, uh, I had to sing the song for for Leon when we had him on because he he was like, "What? No, I don't know about this song." So I had to, <laughs> I had to, I had to sing it for him. But um, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> we um, we do have that sort of thing though, where anyone who who pulls that shirt on, as long as you put a shift in, mm-hmm. that's that's all we care about. Like. Over the years, especially like when we've been down in, in the likes of League One and even when we was in the championship for the first time, we were getting all these random loan players and trialists every other week. And there's been some real shit players that have played for the club. Mm-hmm. But as long as they sort of have their, their head in the right place and they're, they're trying to put a shift in, they'll get fully behind them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, um, they are sort of a bit of a one-off in, in that sense, really. Um, no, definitely, definitely saw that. And it's like, even like you look at what League One and it's like, what, 25,000 every single home game. Yeah, that's it's just massive. like, it's, it's massive. So it's just insane. Like even like Bristol is a big club. Sheffield Wednesday is a big club. Mm-hmm. Um, Bristol is getting like 17,000 in a championship. Sheffield Wednesday wasn't other thing. Uh, maybe they were getting up to up to 20s. But, and they closed off part of the stand. That stand would have been full. I remember the first, was it the first season we got in the playoffs? Um, against Millwall. Yeah, it was the first Millwall. time he opened it up, Bates, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's like full house. Obviously, of course, against Millwall, but like still full full house. Like it was just an insane atmosphere. I was going to say what because I actually I didn't get 
get the chance to go to that game. But what was that atmosphere like when Becchio scored that goal in that game? Because it's sort of pretty widely re- regarded amongst Leeds fans as one of the loudest noises they've ever heard mm-hmm. <laughs> when that went in. What was that like? No, for sure. It was like, it was just insane. I was obviously in the stands and that and um, just supporting the boys, but it's like, you're just in the stands and you're watching. I wasn't even watching the game. I was just watching the fans. And obviously, <laughs> obviously Millwall and, and Leeds have a, have a big off the field rivalry. Um, like, um, but is the, it was just insane. The atmosphere, that whole game. And um, yeah, and obviously like like going through Becky um scoring a goal and it's just like uh, it, it gives you goosebumps even like as a player just like being part of that. Um because it was it was loud. Like yeah. it was loud. <laughs> it's crazy. That 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 stadium as well, it's one of them sort of old school stadiums that can still generate a noise. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think these modern stadiums have that sort of, I don't know what it is with acoustics and that. They just them old school stadiums like Ellen Road is, it just, when it's loud, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Something else, that sort of noise that they, they can generate in there. Um, and then, so I had a little look through. So you, you scored on, on your Leeds debut as well against mm-hmm. um, against Scunthorpe. Yeah. What was that feeling like? Was that sort of like, I've arrived now and <laughs> here I yeah, am. It was like, yeah, it was, it was great. Obviously, um, like coming in, you obviously want to hit the ground running. And um, obviously scoring on the debut was like, um, and, get, and getting the win as well. And then obviously just building that relationship with other strikers, um, with obviously with Jermaine um, and, and that. So it was, yeah, it was, it was great to, great to um, score on the debut and then just kind of like, okay, now it's like, I'm, I'm kind of moving forward um, and looking forward to a successful season, really. Yeah. And then you, you had like a pretty um, random injury when you was at the, at the club, you, you had a blood clot on your lung. Mm-hmm. It's really like, it's not your, your typical football injury. Like sort of how, how serious was that? And what, what sort of, what were the sort of health repercussions and the recovery of that? So it was, it was kind of crazy. So at the time, I think, I don't think I was playing. Um, I think I was on the bench quite a lot. And then I remember, um, I remember in December, I think it was December, maybe uh, late November. Gary McAllister puts me in the team and we, we weren't doing well. Um, the team wasn't doing well and I wasn't really playing that much. <clears throat> and um, so he puts me in the team against Tranmere away and I score. Um, but we lose the game 2-1. And then the, the, the next home game, I'm on the bench again and I'm fuming. I'm absolutely fuming because Steve Staunton, even Steve Staunton in the changing was like, oh, we need more of that from you like in, during that game. And I was like, well, you just need to play me. Um, like I can't do it on the bench and if you give me five minutes I, I can't I can't do it and so the next away game we're playing MK Dons this is just before Christmas so we're, like um, we're playing MK Dons away and he puts me back in the team and then we, we're doing shape I think it's on a Thursday and we're doing shape and I start wheezing and I'm like don't know what's wrong whatever like but I'm like I'm starting so I don't like, I was one of those players in it I was just like if I'm injured I'm I, like I'm, I know I'm starting I'm going to play it's like no injury unless I have a broken leg is going to stop me playing just wrap me up give me an injection or something give me some painkillers and I'm going to play so um, obviously because I wasn't playing as well um I, like I wanted to play so the Friday comes I'm still not really that that well um so Gary McAllister kind of like puts me on the bench but I travelled down I travelled with the squad and I played the last 15 minutes in that game and I think we lost again 
I think we lost. I think we lost three one. I think um, Di Matteo was manager of MK Dons at the time. Mm. I think we lose three one. So I go home to London and I see my family because obviously Milton Keynes is close to London. So I drive down and I come back on a Sunday night. I remember that Sunday night and I was just like, like I don't feel good. And like me being me again, like it's like I don't really go doctors and I, I think I'll probably get that from my dad. So I was just like, don't feel good until my heart's beating from my chest. I'm feeling like, like, listen, let me just sleep it off. So I go sleep. I wake up the next day and I go to train. I go to train. I go to the physio. I say, listen, I ain't, I ain't like, um, I ain't trying to take the piss, but um, I think I need a scan because I don't feel good. Um, and then that's when I went to, I went to the scan local hospital, um, had a CAT scan. They said I had pneumonia. And I, so I drove home and then they called me back and it's like, we're 99% certain this is a blood clot. Um, on your lungs, on your right lungs. And they said, like, it was in my thigh and it broke off. And then if it, when, a, when, a, when a clock breaks off, it can go to your brain, it can go to your heart, and then you're finished. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And they said, so the, at the time, at the time, the doctor said, like, I may never play football again. Um, wow. Because um, you need to be on blood thinners. It's like, you probably have to be on blood thinners for the rest of your life um, uh, and all this kind of stuff. And then we, every week I had to go to do blood tests. I couldn't train uh, at all, obviously, there's, because I was on blood thinners, so I couldn't do no contact sport because I can get, like, internal breathing and, and bleed out. So for, like, after Gary McAllister, at that point, this is just before Christmas, so Gary McAllister got sacked just before Christmas, and then Simon Grayson comes in. So Boxing Day, I come in and I say hello to Simon Grayson. I say, sorry, I'm not available for the next six months, but I'm um, looking forward to work with you at some point, yada, yada. And then, um, and then, yes, yeah, so I was just out for that rest of that whole season. And I was able to like train like by myself. So I was just doing like training by myself. And this is when I started, I actually went to Leeds Beckett University. I, did my, I started my master's. I was oh, like, really? okay, I, yeah, I had another 18 months on my contract, but I was just like, if I'm never going to play football again, let me just do something else. Um, or focus on something else in the meantime. Yeah. So that's when I started my master's in in um in finance at Leeds Beckett University, and then um and then I was training by myself, and then um obviously supporting the boys when they were playing on the weekends and stuff like that. Jesus, man, that's fucking terrifying, isn't it? Is this something that still affects you now, or do you still have to have to take medication, or is it completely gone? Or yeah, it's it's completely gone. They just say like when I take long haul flights, just to like take a, a blood thinner for on long haul flights, so. Wow. That's it. That's unbelievable, man. You, you, to be fair, you, you're lucky. Like they said, it could have gone to your brain or. Imagine, your imagine heart. you never went to the hospital when you did. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, like um, yeah, it was just one of the things. Like I was like, listen, I can't like um, this is not something I could sleep off, kind of thing. So I was kind of like, I was kind of that point. So I just went to the, and I was just like, listen, um, and it's crazy because. You're talking about obviously you want to hear good things about Leeds, but at the time, so I I, I meant to do um, so they don't they don't release this to anybody for about a month, and I'm at home and people's like, oh, where's Eno? What's wrong with Eno? Their club's not saying anything. I meant to do a Q and A Q&A with Jermaine Beckford one Tuesday night, but I don't go, and like someone asked, oh, where's Eno? Because obviously they put they print uh, Jermaine Beckford and he not showing me blah blah blah. So Jermaine being Jermaine, just like he's at home with a blood clot. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Bex. And so that's when it that's when it actually came out. And then you obviously see it on like um like Sky Sports and stuff like this. And then it actually came out that actually I'm out injured with a blood clot on, on my lungs. But yeah, Javay Javay just like yeah, he just like he like unleashed the cat out of the bag. But the club the club didn't want to say nothing. And there's um 
think who was it, Sean Harvey at the time. Mm. Um, used to always go to the door. What's happening? I used to see him in games. He's like, Eli, hello, hello, cool, small talk. But never ask me, how are you? What's going on with your treatment? Da, 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 da. And then he always go to the doctor. Doctor, what's happening with Enoch? What's happening? Just ask me. I know. I know what's happening with me because I go to the doctor every week. Harvey, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Common and sense so, yeah. needs to prevail somewhere along the line, doesn't it? Yeah, and then so it's just like, but um, for yeah, for me it's just like, okay, I'm not, I'm like, like I said, my career is just like a ride for me, right? So it's just like, okay, if it's coming to an end, let me just focus on something else. And I guess because I've worked, I worked in a sports store when I was 18, and obviously I went to university first, so um, I didn't have the mindset I'm going to be a professional uh, footballer yeah. from the beginning. So I always had, okay, I'm going, I'm going to have to work at some point. So I was it's, like, let me, let me figure, let me figure this out. Again, it's it's a it's a bit of a blessing, really, with with that sort of sense because most footballers are sort of like Matty said, they're picked up quite young, and it's that is the be all and end all. And if when mm-hmm. they get that, they don't have anything else to fall back on. At exactly yeah. when they get told that news of like it's the end, or it can be catastrophic off the field as well because they can end up depressed, suicidal, mm-hmm. hit the bottle. Do you know what I mean? All sorts of things. So it's good that you sort of had that your head screwed on and you already had the mindset of like, I'm going to end up working eventually. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that is, that is good, mate. Um, just wanted to sort of touch on some of the players that was in that Leeds team as well. Um, so you had Luciano Becchio, Jermaine Beckford, Snodgrass, um, Fabian Delph, Johnny Howson. At that level of football in league one, could you sort of tell that some of these players were going to go on to what they did go on to achieve like the likes of Fabian Delph playing international football and mm-hmm. Robert Snodgrass as well, all in the Premier League and Johnny House at a, a top level in the Premier League. Beckford obviously went on to Everton in, in the Prem. Could you sort of see that that these guys had that potential? Fabian Delph for sure. He came in 18 years old and he like he was like the focal point of that team. Um <laughs> especially under under Gary McAllister. Um he took the the whole league by the scruff of his neck at 18 and he was unbelievable and um, like some of the players Johnny House some great footballer you can see he has the he has this like technical ability to, to play higher level um, Snodgrass is like always on that left foot great deliveries like um, so you could you could see it you could see like these these players were obviously they they need to get a chance right so most yeah. players it's like um, you can get stuck in league one even though you may be better um, to uh, you may have the ability to go and test yourself in the Premier League, but no one really takes a chance on you. But obviously, these guys got their opportunity, and like, um, and they all done great. But uh, the team was unbelievable. It was just as a team, it wasn't really suited for League One. Yeah. And Gary McAllister wanted us to play football, and we just didn't have like, like, um, probably more at the back um, than anything else. We didn't have like the like playmaking centre-half that's like like real, real comfortable on the ball. And then it's like League One, it's like muddy pitches, especially in the winter time. That's why, you, like, footballing teams, you always see them do so well in the beginning of the season because the pitches are nice. Yeah. And then as soon as, as soon as the pitches get a bit muddy, a bit bobbly, it's like, yeah. And then it's like, um, like there's a, especially away, because I think at home we wasn't so bad, but away from home we was like, like we losing to teams that we shouldn't have lost um under Gary McAllister and like obviously Simon Grayson come in and that second season he done wonders that must have been weird though playing at Ellen Road where it must have been like a carpet compared to most other places and then playing on 
basically probably Sunday league level pitches. Like mm-hmm. that's crazy. And that's and that, and that was always the problem with Leeds. I think over that whole sixteen years outside the Premier League, it was just like every team raised their game. Every yeah, single because they knew they were playing at the ground. Yeah, it was their cup yeah. final, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. And it was every single team as well. Even in the championship, yeah. there's some big clubs in there, but yeah, it was you know, we've got Leeds. This is like the be all and end all. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard when it's like that. And, that. and you can see how much they're reveling in it now that they're not having that attitude from teams. And teams are turning mm-hmm. up thinking, Oh, they're newly promoted, we'll turn these over. It's, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you, you see it now, but like obviously the Premier League is always the the, the league league should be in. Um, as a as a club as an institution, but um, yeah, that that league one I just remember like you you saw it every single every single week you saw players just raise their game. Like, yeah. you, you yeah. see it every every week. It's crazy. <laughs> it must be great as well for players of other clubs in them divisions playing at Ellen Road and playing against Leeds United, and even when Leeds go to their place and take however many fans mm-hmm. we were taking, they must yeah, be like this is crazy. brilliant. Crazy atmosphere, and then you got like a flat surface, and then you got like um, you got obviously twenty five thousand fans, and usually your home your home stadium hosts five thousand like fans. It's like it's like a, it's like going to Wembley every week for for a lot of these like a lot of players, and yeah. a lot of players a lot of players in League One will never get to play at a stadium like that. No, exactly. Um, so it's uh, yeah, so it's, it's like it's, a, it's an opportunity. And I think those were like um, that was always the issue at Leeds. Play, teams used to just raise their game every single time. They wanted to be, it was like a scalp to beat Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them did. <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like you said, that, that sort of injury sort of scuppered your chances, really, especially with a new manager coming in and that. Um, do you think that sort of spelt the end before you really like, because you ended up playing under Grayson, but. Was he's already looking elsewhere, do you think, because of not really getting the chance to see you or what you was about? And also, was you the same after that? I was. I got I got fit. Um, like I said, when I when I when I started pre-season, that second season at Leeds, it was like obviously like for me it was like a blessing. I'm back on the field, back in uh, back amongst the team. Um and obviously Simon Grayson, he, he he had me he had me as part of the squad. So I wasn't even like like I wasn't even I wasn't even angry about being on the bench so much, and I think that season we started unbelievably um, well um, that second year. And like I think there was um, I think what happened was there was a, there was a big fallout with um, with Simon Grayson and myself because like there was one game, and I wasn't even I, like because I, I was so like um, I was just grateful that I was playing again. I wasn't even angry about being on the bench. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even like going knocking on the door saying I should be starting all this kind of stuff. It wasn't even like that. It was just one game. We were playing so bad, like we were just so bad in the game. And I just like I was itching to get on. I was like I could I could offer something to the team. Uh, and he puts me on for five minutes. And then after the game, obviously when you're a sub, you like you're meant to you meant to do um, you go out and you do running or whatever. And I kind of lost my head a little bit through my. I was just frustrated. Like I had like hadn't really played a game for like um it would have been probably seven nine probably seven what nine months or something like that mm-hmm. it's going on going on nine ten months and I was just frustrated and I was just like took my boots off threw it down and just said like I'm not doing a running and then um so I go in the next day and I apologize to to Simon Grayson so I said like sorry listen I just lost my head I was a bit frustrated um and then we just started having conversations and then the conversation got to the point where it's like I'm in the last I'm in my last year of my contract 
And then it got to the point where um, Simon was like, oh, you're too close to the first team for me to let you go out on loan. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even forcing the issue. But then two weeks later, um, I think um, Becky will get injured. I come on and I play against Charlton and we draw 0-0 and it's a horrible game. It's windy and all that kind of stuff. And then the next game after that, I'm not even in the squad completely. So that's when I knock on the door and I'm like, Simon, like two weeks ago, I'm too close to the first team for me to go out on loan. And now I'm, um, and now I'm, on, now I'm, not, now I'm in the stand, like what's going on? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we just, um, just moving things around. We want to see different things, all this other kind of stuff. I said, okay, cool. But um, I think um, I'm in the last, I'm coming up to the last six months of my contract. Um, if I'm not in the plans, and I said, just be honest. I said, if I'm not in the plans, um, I'd rather go out on loan in January. That's what I said to him. And he's like, only if it's good enough, only if it's, only if it's good reason for Leeds. And I was like, no, only if it's good for me. And then that's when we had a fallout. And then he was just like, um, and then after that, he, cut, he literally just pied me off, uh, made me train with the youth team, all that kind of stuff. Um, but didn't even tell, again, didn't tell me to my face. I come into the changing room and um, Leon will probably tell you shit like <laughs> stuff like this happened with him. Come into the changing room, all I see is my name on the board says Enoch training as under 19. But and, and then I was I would go into training in the morning, see the assistant manager, see see the gaffer, like in the in just in the hallways, and it'd be like, good morning, good morning, but don't tell me nothing. And then I come out to change it. All I see is like Enoch with under 19s, and then all of a sudden, so we get to our Christmas do, and the chairman's wife is there, and Ken Bates is there, and stuff like this. And so the chairman, the chairman's wife goes to me, and she's like, um, oh, I heard you were ill. And this is like way after the, this is like a year after the blood clot, right? She's like, I heard you were ill. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not ill. What do, you, what do you mean? She's like, I was hoping it's not swine flu. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like I'm, like, I'm fine. I've been fit the whole season. And then she just walked away. <laughs> like, she, like she said something she should have said. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, what's going on here? Like, this is like embarrassing. So I just like, um, and, and you must know, obviously, Gwyn Williams was there in it. And he thought he run the, he felt he run the club. So um, I, used to, I called him up, I think, in January, and I was like, like Gwen, like, sort it out. Because they were, like, talking about cancelling my contract. I was like, all right, let's just sort it out. Let's get it done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. Let's get it done. Um, and, and, then, and then, yeah, and then that was it. Um, it was, and then the, the time at Leeds was over. Unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> Talk about roller coaster. Gee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. Um, and then you, you ended up leaving Leeds and, and you went on to, to play for Falkirk in the SPL. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I actually had a few offers um, after Leeds and Leeds. And, um, but I think I just felt like they wanted me the most. And I just kind of wanted to just to be away from everything. Like, yeah. um, and just like, just concentrate on, on playing again. And it's funny because like the, the day I signed for Falkirk, they were like, I'll drive up to Scotland and it's snowing. And it's like, just drive up the A1, just go straight up, straight up. You go all the way to Scotland. I'm like, I have to drive 15 miles an hour, six o'clock in the evening, pitch black, like in January. And I'm like, do you know what? I think it's safer if I come in the morning. <laughs> let me just let me just come in the morning. They're like, no, no, no. Come on, just drive up now. We want you into, in training tomorrow. And I'm driving like literally like 20 miles an hour up the A1, like going up from Leeds to Scotland. And I get, there about, two, I get, I get there about two in the morning. And they're all waiting for me, the manager, the assistant manager, the chairman, they're all waiting for me in the hotel. And I was like, shit, these guys really wanted me. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, um, and then, yeah, and the first game that weekend, I drove off on a Wednesday. First game was like Celtic away. I was like, yeah, cheers, mate. I haven't played for a year. 
I've paid I would, paid a full ninety minutes for a year. Was you starting as well? I was starting, yeah. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you about it because Matty is is a Celtic boy, mm-hmm. so um, he, he'd well playing there would sort of be your dream, wouldn't it, Matty? Oh yeah, just even I've been out. Yeah, obviously I've been to the ground many times. My my dad was Scottish, and mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a dual allegiance with football. Like Arsenal, my English team, Celtic, my Scottish team, but. Yeah, Matt, I just wanted to ask, like, what was that like? Knowing that, obviously, the strength of Celtic, I don't know if you, at the time, I don't know if you knew how big Celtic were as a club, but then to not play for that amount of time and then they chuck you straight in a, like, parkhead, that must have been quite something. You ended up getting a draw, didn't you? Yeah, it was 1-0. Uh, I think I... Um, that would have been yeah. a coupon buster for sure. <laughs> I, think I, up, I think I set up the goal. There was, like... Um, oh, really? There was a point where I think at the time when I got to Falkirk, they had won two games all season. Wow. They had only won two games. So obviously they're fighting relegation and it's like they only won two games and we get Celtic Park and I'm like looking around, I was like, like this is a museum, this is not a stadium. This is like this is beautiful. Like this is nice. It's like so it, it's so nice. And I was like, I think Robbie Keane was there at the time as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would have yeah, he he only I think did he only? Have, I think he only signed for a year. King was it a year? Mm-hmm. More? Yeah, I'm sure it weren't more than a year. Maybe it was two years. I can't remember at the time, but yeah, he hit the. He scored a few goals for sure. Yeah, I know. He, I know. I remember he scored against us at, at our place at, at Falkirk, but um, I can't remember if he started that game. And obviously, they had like Samaras, and I, I knew Scottish football like um, yeah. I used to watch. I used to watch a bit on TV as a as a kid. So I knew like obviously Celtic Rangers, um, but the pitch was huge. I'm like. And I'm like, they're playing me one up top by myself. And I'm just like, just like, like running for fun in, in, yeah. that, in that game. Lost causes, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, but we did great. And we got, we got the draw. And obviously, the great yeah, yeah, great result. And everyone's, everyone's happy um, and moving forward. And for me, it just, it gave me a, a space where it was like, I'm just going to play football. Like I had no, I didn't put no pressure on myself to do anything. Um, it was just like, okay, let me just enjoy playing the game again. How long was you there for? Six months. Oh, okay. Just for the just to the end of that season, and obviously Falkirk got relegated. Um, I only scored one goal, but probably the best goal in my career. Oh, really? Against, um, against Aberdeen, it was like a scissor kick. Like, uh, I was hoping you was going to say Rangers. That, uh, <laughs> that's a shame. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was against, it was against Aberdeen, and but it, it was interesting going up there because it's like I like I didn't realize. Um, obviously they they always compare obviously Scottish football to English football and. Busy people say it's like League One is championship type level, but it's actually it's your Premier League. Yes. So it's like like I'm coming into a Premier League club. I'm in the back pages, big spread in the Scottish Sun. Mm-hmm. I'm in like there's like um, there's proper press conferences like it like not like League One where it's just like people just talk put a, put a microphone up your nose and then talk <laughs> yeah. to you on the side of the pitch. This is like you're sitting down. You got the you got the cameras. You got the board and everything. It's like proper press conferences. I was like, yeah. okay, this is like this is a proper Premier League. Um, so I didn't, I didn't realize that side of like of the game. I just assumed yeah. it was kind of like um, I just assumed it was kind of was like just playing in playing in England. But it's like obviously your real Premier League. So yeah. it was a good experience up there. It was a good, uh, it's good like Rangers and Celtic, obviously huge clubs, and the stadiums are beautiful. Yeah, they are. I mean, I've personally myself, I've never been to Ibrox inside. <laughs> but I've been outside it a few times. It's a bit like mm-hmm. Celtic, where it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere. And it has room to be built upon. Like, yeah. They've been quite shrewd in location-wise, big big size. But yeah, I mean, you must have noticed when you played. If, did you play at Ibrox when you 
played there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, you must even the noise that they make is r- yeah. ridiculous. I mean, yeah, be up there the mate. same as Leeds in terms of a power of supporting your team. If Scott, if Celtic and Rangers were in the lower leagues here, they would still oh, have yeah. like 50,000. Yeah. It wouldn't make any difference. The, the yeah, following like Falkirk pulled up to town and it was 50,000 in the stadium. So, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's a different ball game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's mental, isn't it? Um, and then upon leaving Falkirk, you went on to, to play for Tranmere, mate. Uh, top scorer in, in your first season there, player of the season as well. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what division were they in? Was they League One? League One. League One. Um, was, I, I noticed as well a couple of names that was in the team back then. So you had Aaron Cresswell mm-hmm. and Peter Galaxy, the goalkeeper mm-hmm. who plays for RB Leipzig now. Yeah. I always find it that's really a, that's weird. That's a change of scenery, isn't it? Like, Tranmere to Leipzig. Well, exactly. Like, he's he sort of been playing... That's why I thought it was mental. Champions League and all sorts. And I remember when it... I think he saved a penalty or something in the Champions League last season or the season before. And it come about that it was the same guy who was playing in the lower leagues in England. And... Not even getting yeah, was, games for most of the clubs he was at. He was he was on loan from Liverpool. Oh, was he really? Uh, he, was, he was at Liverpool. He was on loan, so he was like he he come on loan. Obviously, Chairman Liverpool have a relationship, but he come on loan. But he was a great lad. Um, goal get didn't think he'd ever play Champions League semi final <laughs> and that. But you know, he's done he's done brilliant for himself. Just just touching on um, like just yeah. touching on goalkeepers for a second. I mean, it's got to be the weirdest position to play ever. I mean, you take. Emmy Martin is at Arsenal. He went on loan 10 times. 10. <laughs> then he gets his opportunity with Villa and he was probably their best player last year, bar Green. Mm. I mean, how do they spend so long being in the dark? Like mentally, I suppose it's like what you would be like as a striker. If you get your chance, you just got to take it, haven't you? And just Because when he came in for Leno at Arsenal, he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I-, I thought he was going to keep Leno out of the team. Even when Leno got fit, it's crazy, crazy because he, I think with like one firstly, I've never met a normal a normal goalkeeper. goalkeeper. <laughs> They're, They're all mental, mental. Yeah. They are mental, but like, but I think it's just one of the things. Is like if if a manager comes in, and he's like, "You're my number one." It's mm. it's the hardest position to change that. Yes, it's the hardest position, and then he's just like, obviously, if I want to play games, then I have to go on loan or I have to leave. Yeah, of course, yeah. So it's just like it's it's the, it's literally the hardest positions I think in football to change the manager's mind about who's his number one. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it is. Like you said, there's only one, isn't there? It's yeah. not like other like teams or yeah. other positions. Sorry, where even you could have if you're only playing one up top, most most teams would at least probably substitute that player halfway. Like into the second half or whatever. Yeah, so you're getting some game time. Yeah, exactly. Or change the formation slightly. Put two up top. You can get in goal. Like like you said, if you're the number one, you're in goal. Like, that must be a nightmare though, because if you've got a family and you're like kind of settled, like you said, you're going on loan for fun when you're a keeper, aren't you? <laughs> a lot, a lot of them are, I suppose. But like, you just have to lit up sticks and just just go wherever it's wherever it is. Must be some journey while you're on it, for sure. Yeah, and I guess like you, you, you always get like number twos as well. That just they're they're always number two. Yeah, like they're, they're, they'll they'll be number what? two for years. Like, and they just you see oh, their stats. I mean, and they'll be like, I've been at Man United for like 15 years, but I played <laughs> no. two games and that. <laughs> Richard Wright, 
I yes. mean, he has nicked Scott Carson. I have, ne- I have never seen it, mate. I couldn't believe it when he was on the bench. He yeah, played. He played, didn't he? End of the season. What? Scott Carson for Man City. I can't believe. It. I thought the guy was. No, I can't say I thought he was dead because that's a bit. Hard. But you know what I mean? He was yeah. when Arsenal were in like the Invincibles. Like he was part of all that, and then you've never heard of him. Yeah. And now he's at. How's he nick that move? I want to know his agent. His agent must be the best agent breathing. We had it with um, Stuart Taylor, who was at Arsenal. Yes, I remember him. He, he was he was like number two at Arsenal for like fucking ten yeah, years. Yeah, he was. Or something. Yeah, and he came to Leeds, and he was always sort of like he, he had a bit about him. He's a good keeper. Yeah, he come to Leeds, and it was like, right, you're number one, and he couldn't deal with it. Nah, because he's, he's probably so like, used to not used to not, playing football, not factoring in like the the main sort of yeah number one position. Yeah. Like, he must have thought you just turn up to training, go home, sit on the bench on a Saturday, yeah, like Christie. Like, I mean, I could deal with that. I could deal with that. Yeah. I'll take some of that. But yeah, that's crazy. It's so a decent job, really, in South Goldman. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Not Life a bad keeper. Um, and then follow, following there, you ended up going on to Notts County. I, I heard that they actually made a couple of bids for you that were, were turned down beforehand. And I think it was, it was Martin Allen who was bidding for you at the time. Yeah. Um, and then you ended up joining them after he'd left. You yeah. must have been quite relieved with that. that he didn't have to play under Martin <laughs> Allen with some of the stories about him. I've, I've heard too many, too many crazy stories. I actually never met the guy. When I left Bristol, um, was it? No, when I left Luton, he was at MK Dons and he wanted to sign me, but there was in League Two. And I was like, um, I can't go down two leagues like when I left Luton. So I was like, um, but he, I spoke to him on the phone and he wouldn't let me get a word in edgeways. He's just like, uh, just, I thought, like, uh, 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 can, I, can I say something? <laughs> and he's just like, out of courtesy, out of courtesy, you have to go meet the chairman. So I drive over to MK to meet the chairman and stuff like that, his, his beautiful house and all this kind of stuff. But he wouldn't let me get a word in. And, but I just heard so many like, just unbelievable stories about this guy. He's uh, brilliant. I don't know if it's true or not, but like it, it has to be because I get it from too many people. Well, we've had a couple of people that have played under him, um, mm-hmm. and we always, I always bring it up to him, like tell us some fucking Martin Allen stories. And there's been some <laughs> blinders, and we had uh, we had Dean Lewington on from MK Dons, mm-hmm. and he he told us one where to get like the players' partnerships a bit like so him and his centre back partner, for example, they they was at um, like this fucking hotel before a game and there was a wedding that they were setting up for so the, the DJs and everything were getting all set up and he's basically took all the players in there and he's got the DJ playing music and they all had to go up in pairs and slow dance Oh, so like centre-backs you've all got a slow like you two go, it's your turn slow dance the strikers like centre-midfielders and it's like are you fucking sure and he was deadly serious like no you like you do it and I basically run a few other stories by Dean Lewin and then he said, any story that you hear about him is 100% true. He said he's fucking mental. Funny. Like any story you've heard from any player, yeah, yeah, yeah. he said it will be true because he's just mad. <laughs> it's too funny. No, um, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, they, they did bid, but I was like, Tramay didn't accept and then they let me go on a free the next year, which didn't make, didn't, which didn't make much sense, but you know, doesn't make much business sense, but whatever. Strange, so. isn't it? Bit of a weird one, that. Um, and 
while you were there, I, 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 I've been sort of told I've got to run this by you because I've got a couple of mates that are Plymouth fans and mm. they've been pestering me for God knows how long that when are you getting it, someone who's played for Plymouth on? Blah, blah, blah. So you've played for Plymouth. So you went on loan to Plymouth. I, I kind of played for Plymouth. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it like at Plymouth at that time? Because was the club a bit sort of in all the financial trouble that they was in? Was that when you went there? Um, no, I don't, think, I don't think it was in financial trouble. It was a weird one. So, like, firstly, like, Notts County made me want to retire from playing the game. Really? Because they were just like, um, we want to sell you. No, we want to keep you. No, you're not for sale. No, we're going to keep you. No, we're going to, like, we're, we're going to pay you up. We've got nine months left, so we're going to pay you two months of your contract. Yeah, good one. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, um, and then, like, and then when I got playing again, and they had three different, I had three different managers in two years on the, in, at North County. And then when I started playing again, um, all of a sudden it's like I get I get I dropped out of the team, and then it's like, oh, you should go talky on loan. And then I go talky on loan, and this is the first time I've gone to League Two in my career. And so like, um, so I go to talky on loan for a month. I'm in a bed and breakfast. It's like end of the earth. Even on your day off, I can't even get to back to London or back even back to Nottingham, whatever. <laughs> like five hour drives. It's like, what's the point? And then, like, um, they say they're going to renew my contract at the end of that month or the last month of, this, uh, of that season, and then they don't, and then Plymouth comes in last minute. And I'm like, what's happening here? This football thing is, like, is, is, this football thing is, like, it's just embarrassing. So, and then I, I get no calls from Torquay, even though they, I'm stuck in a bed and breakfast in Torquay, just waiting for them to say, okay, we're, like, we're going to send the paperwork to sign. And they don't, they don't say nothing to me, like, zero. Like, don't even call me nothing. And then Plymouth come in, and then I end up signing for Plymouth. I go to Plymouth under John Sheridan and then he's like, he doesn't want to play me at all. Like zero, nothing. Like, um, I'm like... Why loan you then? I didn't, I didn't get it. I think we had, they had a couple of injuries or whatever. But, um, so I, I play one game um, and one guy suspended. Um, I think it was like Newport away. And like every trip, every, when you're Plymouth, every trip is far. Like every trip is far. <laughs> Oh, we're at, we're at Newport and like, um, I think um, maybe we drew one or something. It's like a, one crappy game, but um, I just played and did all right or whatever. Then just sat on the bench for the rest of the rest of the season. And it, like my birthday's in April, right? And this is how much I was done. I was literally done with like with football. So I go like after a game, I say, Gaffer, can I can I have a word? Before I say anything, he's like, you're starting next week. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to start. <laughs> <laughs> I literally it's like literally two games left of the season I thought I don't even want to start yeah, yeah. drop me out it's my birthday on Wednesday can I just take the week off I want to go to London um, spend it with my family he's like yeah sure come in Thursday no problem cool so I come in on Thursday and then obviously the, the game's on Saturday and he says obviously I'm starting so I start in the team talk before the game he's like you're coming off after 60 minutes so I'm like no matter how the game goes I'm coming off after 60 minutes what I was like yeah, I like, I'm, I'm done with football. I've never I'm, heard of anything yeah. so huh? ridiculous. So say what if you've had two goals then and you're on hat-trick? Or if it's nil-nil and you score in the 59th minute and he's <laughs> hooking you. Nah, that don't make no sense. Yeah, I said no matter, so no matter what, how the game goes, I'm coming off after 60 minutes. And true to his word, he dragged me after 60 minutes. Like, uh, oh, What uh, was the was thinking? Like, Did he explain what the thinking was behind it? Just nah, no. Just, no. Did you have some tools in your loan or something? <laughs> yeah. We must take the geezer off after sixty minutes. Uh, no, it was just it was the straight. It was the strangest thing, and I'm just like, I, I literally at that point, I was just like, I am literally yeah. done. Leave me alone. I'm done with football. I'm going back football. to London. 
So yeah, the football was like football was silly. Football was like stupid, like real stupid. And then um and then it'll be it'll be like um, we'll be doing five aside and training all the time. And like usually they're playing four four two, all of a sudden he'll drop a three five two in and then come, and then we start shouting on the sidelines saying like what are you doing? It's like, but you didn't do no tactics in training. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> the players, maybe they don't know. <laughs> like, it was just insane. So I was like, literally, done. Like, at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm washing my hands. Football is football done for me. It's like, it's, it's, it's tiring now. Yeah. It gave me 12 years. So, like, all, all like, um, fun up, up and downs and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, but um, yeah, Torquay and Plymouth, they like they put me on the end of the country, and they're like, Yeah, this is that was the end of the end, yeah, madness, isn't it? And then you, you did go on to play, um, for some non league clubs, you Wildstone, Canvey Island, and that. Um, did you ever meet the Wildstone Raider for one? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's killed me. He, he's absolutely. Yeah. So even even with that, even with that, so it's like um, I remember that summer because like um, I did my master's in fine arts, so I started doing a few other bits and bobs outside of the game, um, and then it gets to November time, and then like someone calls me up and says, "Listen, you know, you're in London, like Wilson's around the corner. Um, the gaffer at Wilson's been there 15 years. He wanted to sign you." Um, all those years ago before I went to Luton Town all that kind of stuff um, and then he, I go there I go training start training two times a week I hadn't trained for like three months so I was like you know what? I was just sitting down eating popcorn and sweets on my sofa like not worried about pre, like busting my ass in pre-season and then like um, so I go in he's like oh you're not fit and I was like no shit but I was literally like so just, you just need to play me and I'll get fit in games and stuff didn't want to play me. So I was like, oh, this is boring. Then I'm not coming to not play. And then I ended up, um, I think I went to Mansfield for a week because uh, Mansfield was just looking at players. And I said, you know what? Um, it, got, it was like November time. I'll, I'll go up and I'll, I'll train at Mansfield for a week. Um, the manager did like saying, yeah, me and the chairman, we're like this. We're so tight. Um, like he will never sack me. A week later, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, football, I'm, I'm really done with football. So I come back. I come back down to like Wolfson. I said, like, I said to Gaffer, look, I'm, I've been a week training at a pro club. Just play me in it. He didn't want to play me. So I was like, you know what? I'm done. Um, so I went over to play at, um, what was it, Canby Island. Because I had like a, a couple of people I knew out, out, out there. And I was just like, I'm just going to have some fun and play out there. Yeah. Brilliant. Football's been a bit like Disneyland for you, isn't it? It's like you've heard some proper Mickey Mouse stories in <laughs> Carry On. Oh. It's, it's insane. I'm like, getting annoyed at your situation more than you are. <laughs> I can't believe it. No, like obviously during obviously during a tie with it, it was like like just at the time it was like uh, obviously you, I, I wasn't laughing about some of those situations. Oh, no, it, sure. but they, yeah. Now you look but back. Now, it's, it's, it's stupid. Like, I remember even there was a there was a, there was a, there was a time at Leeds where um, Simon Grayson was the gaffer. We've travelled away. He's put a team sheet in, and they said they forgot to put my name in, and so the ref said we can't add your name now. So I wasn't even on the bench, and I was like, "Is this professional? Is this professional football? Is this serious? Like, is this actually serious?" This is Leeds United. It's not like Leeds, you know yeah. I mean? As like, but I'm saying you've done that on purpose. There's, there's no yeah, way yeah, you've yeah. forgotten because yeah. there's like 60 at the time. There's like 16 lines. So if there's one line missing, you haven't put someone's name there on yeah. purpose, right? Yeah, you'd be like, right, who's who's missing? Who's not there? 
So I was just like, this is like, this is stupid. Like, just, just say what, just say the, just say what, like, why you want to do that, those kind of stupid yeah. things. It doesn't make sense. Like, if you want to leave me out, leave me out, but just be honest about it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you guys are clowns. Like, I just got changed, showered, whatever. It looks like it's a common theme in football in that era that these managers just didn't have, either they didn't have the bollocks or they were just arseholes not to tell you to your face that you're not playing. As a player, you're surely going to respect a manager a lot more if they just be honest with you. We, we've had it. It's a running theme across all the podcasts and the players that we've had on. Mm-hmm. Players want honesty. The, the time span in a career is short. Yeah. If you're not in the frame or you're not going to get a look in, just tell me and I'll fuck off elsewhere. Like, just exactly, don't yeah. yeah. What does it like, cost for them to be honest? They, they want you hanging around the first team in and around, but they don't want to play you, but they need you as a backup striker just in case Mr. Yeah. X gets injured or whatever. Yeah. But, it, but it doesn't make sense anyway, because it's like, you, if you want like a team with like that, that camaraderie, because some players, yeah. like, don't get a don't get me wrong, some players are happy to sit on the bench yeah. at Leeds United. I can believe instance. that. They're happy to it. sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I even had a conversation with Gary McAllister, I think he was trying to bring in Malcolm Christie. We played a reserve game together. Oh, um, right. I I set up two goals, but Malcolm Christie hadn't played for two years. Gary McAllister wanted to bring him in for whatever reason. And then, like, so we had a, I had a conversation with Gary McAllister, and he was like, um, he's like moving the goalposts. He's like, I want to see this and this from you. So I, I did this and this in a re- reserve game. We have a conversation after a reserve game. And he's like, but I wanted to see that and that from you. I said, like, don't, don't move the goalposts. And he's yeah, like, look at all the you want me to do. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, look at all the, he's like, look at all the facilities and did it. I said, Gary, no disrespect. But I'd rather be at a shit club with shit facilities and play every week than be yeah. at least twiddling my fingers. Exactly. Like I, I, I didn't come in the game for this. Yeah. But there's a lot of players that will be, just be happy to sit on their bench, especially nowadays. United the money that's involved in the oh, game. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. wonder what the, you, you, these young kids. You can see how they can go off the rails. You, you, you could be on 50, 60, 70, even eighty k a week now sitting on a bench. If you look at someone, even like Chelsea, like the Chelsea, um, all these youth players, they haven't even played 100 league games and they're millionaires. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've got like the most lone players in the football league, haven't they? They've yeah. got like 40-odd players at other clubs on loan. I think last season yeah. they had something like 60-odd. That's that, that his name's got to be the classic one, that Marco Van Ginkel, whoever his name oh, is. Yeah. They bought him for <laughs> millions and the fucker never played once, I don't think. I don't even yeah. remember him playing. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. there's just yeah. an endless list at that club of players yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just and it's and it's just that I think like um I was always like you know what I just I just want to play so I don't yeah. care about going to a crappy club. I'll get changed in a porter cabin because that's what that's what I grew up doing when I was yeah, yeah, eighteen yeah. and twenty one. Um, cold showers, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Freezing my fingers up, putting the nets up, you know, like so. I, was, I did that, so I'd rather I'd rather go back and play every week. So. Oh, being being six five, you'd have been first fucking. Aim, oh, you're yeah. on nets, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah 100%. When they when they when they get them little like um them them cheers that are, that are not stable enough for anybody <laughs> to stand on, and and the short guys try to put up the net. Yeah, because it's, it's fear, isn't it? It's fear that everyone everyone has to like help them. That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you're standing on the sidelines at six foot five, going, "All right, lads, that's good." As that the left, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, that sort of brings us up to where you're at now, which we, we touched on before before the um, we, we went through your career. But mm-hmm. just to sort of bring everything to an end, I've just got a list of questions, like quick fire questions, if you like, really, just to, based on your career as a whole. Cool. Um, so the first one is best player you've ever played with. With? 
There's a lot. Um, there's a lot of good players I played with. Um, I'll probably say Jack Grealish. Really? Where was that? Yeah. Not County. No way. Did he go on loan, did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, 18 wow. years old. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know uh, that, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. How old, How old was he when he was there? He must he, have been really 18. young. 18. Jesus. Where, where was he playing, sort of, attacking midfield? Yeah, like more off, like off the left or like off the left midfield. But he was like even in training, like you couldn't get the ball off him at that age. He's like exactly the same as he plays now. And wow. I always just thought we had we had Callum McGregor as well. Obviously, he came on today for Scotland. Um, like Callum McGregor's output in that season at Notts, he scored more goals. But Jack Grealish as a talent, like you could yeah. just you could just see it. Like you couldn't you couldn't get the ball off it. And you always knew if he just upped his output, he was he was he was going right to the top. Yeah. Did he hit the deck as often as he does now back then? Or yeah, he was always <laughs> even in training. Like obviously, he comes in eighteen years old on loan from on loan from Villa, and um, he's like dribbling past all the senior pros. He was getting clapped every day. Like, <laughs> he was just, like everyone was just going through him. And he, he, would, he would just he would just jump up. He would just jump up, get on the ball again, and do it again. Just cannot get over the size of the geezer's calves. Yeah, it's a joke, even back then, the even fuck? back then, it was the same. He used to roll his socks down the same. Exactly. What back does then. he? What does he feed his calves? He must be doing leg day every day to get them calves. They don't roll his socks down. They just can't get pulled up. Yeah, they're no, they can't. Trying to get them up, they're just stuck halfway. That's mental. <laughs> um, who's the best player you played against? Against, um, I played against like Steven Gerrard, unbelievable, um, Ibrahimovic. Oh shit! Like, like, yeah, I think Ibrahimovic is like he impressed me probably the most. Yeah, still banging in goals at thirty nine, isn't he? Yeah, he's a specimen, like, isn't he? Yeah, he's because he was like six five, and he, he he was when he was at Ajax as well, so he was like young. Yeah, and uh, obviously he came he came off the bench, and we was like I was at Luton Town at the time, and obviously we have centre backs, you know, like British centre backs. My size loves to head the ball, and he was just like, bro, don't move, catching it on his chest. Like had feet, and I was just like, "This guy is unbelievable!" Like, yeah, he's got some ball control for a big fella. Like, the yeah. things he can do is phenomenal. Oh, yeah, freakish talent. Yeah. Um, who would you say is the most underrated player you played with? Underrated. Uh... There's a kid. Um, I forgot his name now. Uh, how can I forget his name? We sat on the bench many a time together at Leeds. <laughs> what position uh, was it? He was like a striker, like a number ten. He went to he went out. He's an American kid. Mike Greller. Yes, Mike Greller. Talent, mate. Unbe- unbelievable talent. As your Leeds knowledge there. Right. <laughs> and also, also I'll give another shout for like uh, Andre Bucard. Um, He's at Trinidad and Tobago International, but unbelievable talent. Should have probably gone play that higher level. Leon said him as well. Mm-hmm. Andre Bucard. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, Mike Greller was fucking quality, mate. Mm-hmm. I always wanted him to play more games than he did. I just think he just his talent wasn't suited to League One. Yeah, no, Football. you're right, actually. Yeah. Um, who would you say is the worst trainer? Uh that's a few of those. So like, <laughs> <laughs> um, worst trainer, worst trainer. I'm going to go uh, Andy Robinson. <laughs> he's at Leeds. 
Yeah. <laughs> that shows in his physique, to be fair. <laughs> He's built like me. <laughs> great player, great player, though. He was good, mate. Yeah, he was fucking and Swansea good. and all. Mm-hmm. Was you? Did he go to Tranmere as well? Yeah, yeah, we played at Tranmere together. Yeah, I remember it. He was when I came to Leeds. He was one of those guys that was training with the youth teams. <laughs> I wouldn't and wasn't allowed in the first team changing. <laughs> <laughs> Another one binned off. <laughs> um, hardest player you played with? Hardest player I played with. Um, I want to say hard, like. I wouldn't say he was hard, but he was like, um, he was a little bitch to play with, um, like for opposition. And then when you're against him, it's like Michael Doyle. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't hard. Like, he was only he wasn't little, like wasn't a, he? Yeah, but he was just like, he, he'll kick you, he'll, he'll scratch you, he'll do all that stupid shit like that. Like, <laughs> that little rats do, isn't it? <laughs> like, so well, I wouldn't say hard, but he was like, yeah, he was just annoying. Like, he, he, he would annoy the opposition. And then, like, I, I remember playing against him. I think he's the only, probably one of the only players that made me want to hit him. <laughs> he's still going now as well. He's at Notts County, isn't he? He's still. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's still going. Yeah, mate. Too. Um, hardest player you've played against? Uh, hardest player definitely Martin Keown. I was a friendly. Of the Arsenal. He was. He was an like, animal. I, I megged him. I megged him in a friendly one time, in it, um, and he just started elbowing me, kicking me, like everything. I was like, "Bro, this is a friendly." Like, he looks like friendly. a horrible bastard, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, he he, he was. I'll never ever forget when Van Nistelrooy missed that penalty. I was, yeah. <laughs> he was in his it still kills me to this day. I can watch that clip and cry because our rivalry with them at that time was mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team Vieira situation. <laughs> Lauren used to throw his 10 pence in. Ray Parler was all over it as well. And it was just so funny just seeing him doing that. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, is all like this. I, I hated Van Nistelrooy because he was so good. When we mm-hmm. used to play against him, he was just a problem all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Keown is just built. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a problem, mate. He was a fucking lump, though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Biggest diva. A biggest diva. Uh, let me think. I'll say off the field, probably not on it, um, but probably like uh, like a Lee Trundle. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> he's, not, he's not really a diva, but he's, he's you know he's like a, he's always he's always got a nice tan, like he's always on oh, a yeah. thumb there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Teeth whitening, got his sunbed on, and he loves it. <laughs> yeah, he had some ability, the skills that he. Uh, um, again, another player, unbelievable. unbelievable. No, I never forget when he rolled the ball across his neck during that game. I mean, you just don't see that. That's I'd, yeah. I'd have walked off if I was playing for the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's me. See you later. Like with the penalties that he takes, when he, he makes you think he's taking it with one foot and he does it with the other, and he mm-hmm. just like toe punts it into the goal. Did you see that when he went down to pick yeah. the ball up? Yeah, in, and then he scores. Yeah, Fuck I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> That's a, a joke. <laughs> um, funny man. Um, funny. I give I give Andy Robinson a. He's he he was a bit of a clown in and around yeah. the changing room. He, he's always down to. He's like he can never be serious. Even when he's like, he's with the youth team and like training youth team and leads. Like he was he was he was never like 
he was never serious. He was never down. He was just like he's always got always got a bit of like banter about him as well. <laughs> That's brilliant. Typical scouser. I think he's a scouser, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. all love it, don't they? <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, which manager was the best player when they took part in training? Um, not many did, but um, I have to give it to Gary McAllister because I remember there was a there was a point where he was just like um, I think he joined in training and he's like wanting us to do certain things, and he's just like, why can't you just do this? And he just pulled it out and just sprayed a sixty yard pass like on a on, like on a pedi sole. He was a big yeah. Yeah. yeah, he could play a bit. I'll give him that. Better player than he was <laughs> a manager, but we'll let him have it. <laughs> um, based on initiation songs at different clubs you've been at, who was the best singer? Best singer. Be- before you answer, Leon said, Leon Constantine said it's him. He said he. <laughs> So I know Leon, but I never played in the same team as him. Oh, did you not? Fair no. play. So when he left Leeds, I actually rented his apartment in Leeds. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we we never actually crossed paths in terms of playing together. So I never heard him sing. So I, might, I, may, I may ask him. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, can you back like up that? his statement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, best singer? Maybe Just Labbity. I'll give it to Just Labbity. Oh, really? Right. He's having himself as well, so you know. Oh, he fancies himself, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. And the next one's a bit of a double-edged question, so you can take it however you want. Biggest dick you ever played with? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, probably Ian Goodison, Tranmere. Ian Goodison. I, I, I'm. I don't know what way you've you've answered. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the question. It is. Yeah. He won't know, is. But he's got. Enoch's you know, got a big smile on his face. So <laughs> it's great if they if they ever watch it and they think it's one way. <laughs> Fucking get in. Yeah. It's actually the other. That's the best one. <laughs> um, and the last one is: Who are your close mates within the game? And um, can you get him on the on the podcast for us? <laughs> Network special. <laughs> Got to be um, obviously, like obviously, I speak to I speak to Leon quite a bit. Um, obviously, he's been on um, already. Top man, um, Leon. Yeah, he's a top top guy. Um, he's probably probably one of the most I speak to the most. Obviously, there's like um, players like like Snod, Lucas Aikens at Tranmere. There's oh, like yeah. a few boys that um, yeah, I keep in. I keep in the contact every now and again. There's a there's a there's a conversation. Um, at, like Akin Fenwa came up to he came out in Miami for a bit, so I was looking after him in Miami. No way. Try not, yeah, try not to get him into trouble too much out out here, you know. So uh, so yeah, there's a I love yeah, there's Miami. a few boys. <laughs> he's a yeah, proper cat. Like I never I never played with him either. He's another player I never played with, but we just played against each other so many times. And I remember like. Years ago, he'd be like, "Bro, you're getting bigger." I was like, "Bro, how could you be saying that to me?" Longest <laughs> <laughs> man on FIFA. Still can't believe he can play football at the size he is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's so hench. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. stupid. How can he get around a pitch like? And he's and he's got he's got bigger as he's got as he's, he's yeah, filled he out even more. I wonder what he's gonna do. Like when when he retires, is he gonna be one of these that just goes double double big? 
and gets full <laughs> into his weights or what? Like, what's his judo? Because I follow him on Snapchat, I think. And he's always on the cardio as well. Something that mm-hmm. might shock people because he's generating some sweat, the geezer. I see him on yeah. the bike or on a treadmill and he proper puts in the cardio. Well, you'd have to to be able to play that level play football. Yeah. at his age. Must be such yeah. hard work, like because oh, yeah. like, the muscle obviously is harder to like it takes a lot more oxygen, doesn't you it? Can, so you can see the dedication he's put into his craft is un- unbelievable. You know, to keep uh, that yeah. keep going and going and going and going. That is no, fair play fair, fair play to him. Yeah. Yeah. Playing he in had the a great championship this year, wasn't he? Had yeah. a great career. Yeah, yeah unbelievable, yeah. mate. Yeah, he's class bay. I love him. Um, but yeah, that 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 sort of bring brings the episode to a close, mate. So just want to say, I really appreciate you coming on, Enoch. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It was on, a man. pleasure, mate. Uh, it's, been, it's been good to reminisce. Thank you, mate. <laughs> and um, yeah, for everyone who, who's watching on YouTube, make sure you slap a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. And uh, yeah, for the audio listeners of the podcast, make sure you rate and review and, and share it as well. But um, yeah, until next time, guys, all the best. Take it easy, guys. Thanks.